Hi, this is Todd Hollis. Welcome to another episode of Civil Action. Today I have on my show a very brave woman who has undergone, you know, great circumstance and, and great turmoil, you know, in her life uh, dealing with uh, abuse. And uh, she's going to talk about some of her experiences and possibly what other women who are in similar circumstances can do so that they can escape, you know, some of the issues and the trauma that she's had to deal with, you know, with not only dealing with uh, the abusive uh, issues that were protracted upon her, but how you also deal with some of the things that, that come along with that, you know, obviously uh, going back and forth to civil court, um, dealing with uh, job related issues and um, and CYF and some other things. So we're going to get right into the show and I'm going to introduce my next guest, Miss Underwood, Miss Jira Underwood. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing wonderful today. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I want to thank you so very much for, you know, your braveness and coming on the show to talk about your issues. And I, I know I just kind of laid it out very briefly. Um, but I saw your show um, on one of the, the big major news networks, and I was so encouraged and, and so uh, taken, you know, from all of the issues that you were dealing with and your response, you know, how, how you seem to be dealing with everything with a smile. And I thought that if I brought you on the show, you could share some of your experiences in hopes that it could help others in similar circumstances. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm very appreciative for this opportunity to be able to speak. Well, thank you very much. Tell, um, you know, tell the people who are listening right now, what are some of the things that you've dealt with? What what brought you on, you know, that news network, network to begin with? And, uh, you know, and, and share whatever you feel comfortable with. I certainly don't want to, I don't want to say anything that, that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, March 5th of this year, at the beginning of the pandemic, I, um, left for the third and final time my almost 13-year domestic violence relationship. Um, and I left with my four kids. Uh, in 2007, I thought I met the man of my dreams. Um, he wanted everything I wanted. Um, but almost a year later was the first time that he put his hands on me. But he was drunk. so. I had an excuse, you know, as he was drunk and that's the only reason why he did it. So it's going to be okay. Well, not, not, not to, not, not to break you up, but you, you said this was 13 years and it was 2007, you know, when he yeah. put his hands on you initially. So what made you stay? I mean, I mean, I guess somebody that's on the outside looking in would say, why not leave then? Yeah. And, and, and everybody asks that, um, you know, they put you in, it, it's the wheel of violence or the cycle of violence. You have your honeymoon period where, where everything is absolutely just 
amazing. And then you got your tension building phase where stuff starts to kind of get a little uncomfortable and then the explosion. Mm-hmm. But then it repeats itself and you end up in stuck in what is called a trauma bond, um, which is where you're physically addicted to the person um, because they give you your happy chemicals. And then mm-hmm. you go through the bad phase where they take all those happy chemicals away and your body wants those happy chemicals and they give it to you. Um, you become dependent on them for your life. Um because they hold your life in their hands and then you throw, you love them on top of that. And it totally confuses the entire situation because here's this person you love. They're so sorry and they're not going to do it again. And then you become, you become stuck. You become scared to leave. Um, I was scared for my safety. I was scared for my little sister and my oldest daughter's safety because if he couldn't get me, then he could get her or either one of those two. So I had to stay to protect them. There, there's so much to it that I understand, you know, yeah. When, if you haven't been in the situation, I mean, you can kind of, you can research it and you can learn about it, but you, you can't fully understand it. It's, it's crazy. I believed in him, you know, I believed he really loved me. Um, and that, you know, he wouldn't do it again. And I mean, so let me ask you, so so when you, when when you decided to leave, what, what, at what point did you finally say, you know, I had enough? Um, what are, you know, what are some of the, the abuses that he did to you that finally brought you to that place where you said, you know, I, I, I can't subject myself or my kids anymore to this? Well, it was actually the day I left. Um, it wasn't what he did to me. It was him verbally attacking our 12 year old son that made me finally go, I'm done because it's not just me who's being attacked. It's he is now going after my children and my children deserve to be children. And they've never been able to really be children out of uh-huh. fear. And the day I left, you know, he started in at five o'clock in the morning telling me I was lazy and I was worthless. And he ended up going after our 12 year old because he, he had decided to, get high and one of his friends stole five or six of my child's video games. And mm-hmm. so our 12 year old was mad at him for it. And he verbally went after him and told him he was a selfish, um, MF. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that he couldn't believe that he was trying to make him feel worse than he already did. And I was like, you know, just, Leave him alone. You 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 were you were talking about uh, how he called your your son an mf'er, and you mm-hmm. you told him to to leave him alone. Um, yeah. Just just trying to like w- move your story along. What when you finally did decide to leave? Wh- where did you go? What were your experiences there? Um, did you have your children with you? How, what was going through your mindset? I mean, what you know? Take take me back to that place. Okay. Um, we left and, um, the day before I called the domestic violence shelter, 
Um, the only room that was big enough that would hold me and my children, because I did have my children with me, um, mm-hmm. opened up. How many children? Um, how many children do you have? I have four children. They're 12, 10, 8, and 5. So two boys and wow. two girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we moved into um, the shelter. And um, then Colorado got put into a lockdown. And so they took away our exit. So I normally I would only be able to stay there for 60 days. So I was allowed to actually sit and process stuff. Mm-hmm. And one day um, I came across a thing on Facebook asking about um, what my experience was because of the pandemic with my children with school and how it was affecting us. And so I jotted down a couple of sentences about, you know, leaving my relationship, living in a, a DV shelter, no Wi-Fi, no internet access, and I didn't know what I was going to do for my kids for school. Right. And they decided they wanted me to be a part of it, which I thought was so awesome. And then I got to do my initial uh, video interview with them, and they decided from that that they just wanted to do a story on me and my situation and my kids. Right. Um, that's kind of how I and found that is you, how right? I ended up. Yeah. Yep, you found me through that video, and I was so impressed with what they put together. Watching it, I know it's my story, but it was like I was watching somebody else's story. Um, Gives me goosebumps. Um, Tell me about the, uh, the, the, I mean, tell me about the shelter experience. Um, You know, four kids in a shelter alone. uh, I don't know, were you working or not during this time period? No, no. Um, I can't find daycare. Still to this day, I can't find daycare. So I cannot work outside of the home. So um, right now we get a, a, a TANF payment through the state and we live off of $732 a month. Um, wow. And living in the shelter, that's what we did do. Yep. Right. We had um, one bedroom to ourselves. So I had uh, twin beds in one bedroom. We shared our bathroom with um, the person in the room next to ours. And then we had our community kitchen, living room, and laundry room. Um, A lot of services that normally would be offered there um, weren't offered there because of the pandemic. Um, Counseling, um, there used to be nurses and doctors that would come, but none of that was offered. Um, But uh, my nickname there became Mama Bear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was called Mama Bear because... Everybody would talk to me and I would listen, process and give advice. You know, um, I was always were, the one they came to, to talk to. Were, were you, were you concerned about how your children would, would fare, you know, being in the shelter situation? I mean, obviously they had you, but you know, that's quite a bit of responsibility yeah. for one person to deal with and particularly someone who had limited means. If you weren't working, you didn't have any childcare, you were primarily dependent upon your husband and now you left all of that for this new, entirely new situation. You know, how did your children feel, if you know? Um, my girls struggled with their dad not being around the most, um, mm-hmm. But they also struggled with nightmares every night about their daddy getting a hold of me and hurting me. Um, so they were really conflicted with it. My boys, my boys did really well. My oldest boy told me that when he gets married, he wants to marry somebody like me. And that 
he's going to treat her like a queen because that's how we're supposed to be treated. And his daddy didn't treat me like a queen. So he was going to make sure to treat his wife like a queen. So my boys really did well with it. They did well. My girls struggled big time. Um, Now, I know you're no longer, you're you're no longer in, in this, the same situation that you once were now, now you're in what you're in in an apartment. Yes. Yep. We're in an apartment now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that, is that yeah. better? And than, uh, is that better than the shelter? Um, it, it, I, it, it is in a lot of ways in other ways, you know, um, I have PTSD and anxiety, um, from the whole relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of days that I'm still scared to leave where I'm at. Um, I okay. will physically barricade my front door. Um, so my poor kids still, you know, deal a lot with having to be inside, not being able to go outside. Um, and that, that it hurts me as a mom because I don't, I want my kids to be kids and, you know, the the psychological rewiring he did to me has really impacted that a lot. And, um, you know, but we're in our own space, you know, they can be loud and play and run and inside, um, you know, so it's our rules instead of somebody else's rules. Um, Amen. So L- let me ask you yeah. this question. Do, do, do you feel, um, I mean, do you regret not leaving sooner? Yes and no. Um, you know, I think God helped me get out when I was supposed to get out. I was okay. finally somewhere that I could be safe a hundred percent that mm-hmm. even if he found out where I was, he wouldn't be able to get in and get me. Okay. And all the people and opportunities that have come since then, you know, it's, it was like it was the right timing. Um, I understand. Do that. I wish that I didn't have to go through all that I have and all that my kids have gone through? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think God has plans for me. And I Amen. think God wants me to help people with my I experience and wants me to help women and children because they need help. They need help. They need to know what? they're not alone. What would you say to a woman who's watching this show right now and is saying, you know, I can relate to exactly, you know, what Jira is saying? I mean, and what, what would you say to that woman in an effort to get help to make her situation better? Oh, I think the biggest thing is we feel so weak and like we can't do anything. But you need to know you are strong because look at everything you have made it through and survived. And you can reach out and there are people who care and who understand. And your hardest day out of there is never going to be as hard as your easiest day in the relationship. There is peace to be found. You will find yourself again and you are strong and you're a survivor and it's okay to stand up. It's okay to be scared. And I'm here. You're not alone. 
you can reach out, find me. Are, are you comfortable sharing your email address so that if somebody does want to get in touch with you for advice that they can do so? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. What's yep. your email address? Okay. My email address and it's all lowercase letters is chance Mateo October at gmail.com. And that's C H A N C E M A T E O O C T O B E R at gmail.com. And for anybody that might want to potentially uh, gift you with a donation to help you, um, do you have a PayPal account that you can share? Yep. It is that same email address that I just gave. Yep. It's okay, the chance Mateo October at gmail.com. Yep. Right, great. Well, listen, I, um, I regretfully, our, our show is only 15 minutes. We've kind of exceeded that, but I wanted to thank you so very much, you know, because coming, you know, through, you know, all of that trauma, you know, dealing with all of this basically on your own and having so much uncertainty, you know, is truly remarkable that you're in a place that you're in right now. Um, I know I reach out to you as a stranger, but certainly I feel a lot closer to you as a friend. Um, and, you know, I want you to know that, again, you are not alone as well. You know, anything that my office can do, you know, as a platform to help you and your family, you know, certainly my door is open to you. You know, feel free to reach out to me and I hopefully will do the same. And, uh, you know, for all of our listeners, you know, um, you know, Miss Miss Underwood, you know, is a real person who's dealing with real issues. Um, and, 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 and she's able to get to this place. You know, certainly you can as well. You know, she is a resource for you as my office is as well. Um, please feel free to reach out to either one of us, you know, for, for anything that we can possibly do to make your situation better. Nobody should be a victim of anyone, of anyone's abuse. So I thank you, uh, Ms. Underwood for coming on to the show. You know, God bless you for that. I pray that you have a great holiday, a great Thanksgiving, a beautiful Christmas. Certainly you and your family deserve it after, after everything that you've gone through. Um, <laughs> and with that, is, is, is there a final statement or a, or a final thing that you'd like, you know, those who are, are watching um, to, to know? Uh, just that you can do it. You're strong. You're beautiful. You are a warrior and you've made it through battles that people can never understand. And reach out. I'm here. I can get resources. I can help. I can talk. I can listen. And I will never judge. And right. we can do All this. Right. All right. Well, amen. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for, uh, for tuning into my show. Again, I want to thank Ms. Underwood. You know, if you have any comments you know, any questions for Ms. Underwood or myself, you know, please feel free to leave those comments, you know, in the uh, comment section of uh, my social media platforms. I'll be happy to respond to you as soon as I receive them. If you'd like to reach out to Ms. Underwood, again, she's willing and waiting. And with that, I want to say thank you and God bless. I hope you have a beautiful holiday. Thank you. condition itself is not enough and it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people are